This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Today, Dispatch Live is talking to Gavin Tessendorp and Jake Jacobs. Both of these men are deeply embroiled in the cannabis industry and believe that without a strong beneficiation component to cannabis, the Ponderland farmers who have made a living out of it for centuries will not flourish. Gavin, there's a strong belief that the Ponderland farmers are getting vastly underchanged here. They can't sell what people would call dacha because there's no demand for it anymore. Everybody that's interested in dacha is planting a whole lot in his backyard. You've been involved in the industry for 15 years. You said you'd spent a little bit of time in Amsterdam looking at it. Is there a solution to try and give the Ponderland farmers a leg up here? You mentioned beneficiation. Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the beneficiation? Well, the easiest and best option for the Ponderland people, because they do feel like they should be forgotten at the moment, uh, and they have been forgotten, because all the corporates... Um, it's going to cost you about three, between three and six million rand for a licensed um, cannabis facility, which is predominantly been brought out, bought out by the Canadians or the Spaniards. Um, for local government to manage the, the um, micro-grow operations in Ponderland or Transcarp would be to do the extraction facilities up there as well and get them to micromanage either appoint the headman to manage his 10 to 15 little growers and upskill and educate those people as to the genetics of the plant, the extraction facilities, because the money is in the extraction and exporting the stuff um, to the rest of the world. That's where the money is at. That's exactly what's happening now with, with, with the formal licenses. They're extracting here and exporting to the whole globe. So <clears throat> the point of the people, the reason why is that, number one, is that you cannot find an original land race. Pondo, Landres, Transcar, Gold, what, call it what you want, you cannot find it because it's been outbred, it's been cross-pollinated by a stuff what they call cheese. Um, so that's where the demand is. The problem is, is that the people, everybody is growing a bit of cannabis at home. You're allowed six plants in your personal capacity, you can't sell them obviously, but people are growing and swapping with their friends, so there's no commercial need anymore. For, although there are a few guys up in the Transcar that are actually making a decent living out of it, obviously illegally, uh, which have been deemed since cannabis has been a cash crop for the Ponder people for the last 50 years, 50, 80 years. Um, so the only way for us to do it is to get um, local government involved, set up extraction facilities in the Transcar, get them to micromanage this, not willy-nilly, get them to plant the proper seeds, proper extraction facilities, and upskill these people. The the aspect of the beneficiation comes at a price. Are we, are we overpricing it and basically pricing these guys out of the market? Is there a way of simplifying it? You mentioned earlier about fences before we started the recording and having, they've never had fences there in the past. Why have fences now? Well, to be pretty honest, the local governments are a little bit, they're not too sure how to do this whole thing. So the Americans and the Spaniards and the Canadians, you have number one, your biggest expense with a license is putting at the perimeter fence. It has to be that that clear view, clear view black fencing, because mm. you can't angle ground it. It's got to be, I think, twenty kilometers away from the school and the church. Um, and just your um, 
your operating document, which is a document that you get from SEPRA that tells you what you need to do is going to cost you 60,000 rand before you even start. Let me ask you a stupid question. If the product is going to be broken down and you are going to be extracting something from it, surely you don't have to worry about all the steps before this as long as the product that you're extracting meets certain... Um, um, Ted, that's a very good question because government has made it, there's far too much red tape involved here. Yeah. But having said that, there has to be some retaping involved. There's got to be some sort of governance and some sort of management. Um, you must use good quality alcohol to extract um, and not leave any residual alcohol, not leave any residual, make sure the plants are planted in a soil that's got heavy metals in it. So that's where the upskilling comes from. Um, and advising these people, and you know, you don't have to grow in a secure environment, but I think local government or national government doesn't know what to do properly. We have advised them accordingly, um, but they, they know they need to do something, and it will happen. Like, um, there's, I think there's 32 states in the states, uh, in, in, in the US, that are legal at the moment, but it's got to be under controlled environment. You can't have everybody willing to doing these tracks. Number one, you've got alcohol involved, uh, which is a flammable and a uh, dangerous liquid to work with, mm. and you must do it properly. Um, so there's a, there's a board up in Pretoria called NAFS, uh, which is a certifying agency, which all of our products go through NAFS and they get certified. I tell us exactly TFCs in there, CBD, CBG, CBGM, what percentages are in that product. Um, so yeah, it's not a difficult, for me, I can't understand why it's taken so long. Because it's a plant that it can literally eradicate poverty quickly. Yeah. Um, and upskill lots of micro, micro groups instead of upskilling and making wealthy, business people and corporates more wealthy, where we can actually share that income and let the people in Ponderland, Transcar, wherever, micromanage and grow their 50 plants with 100 plants or 10 plants and take it to your cooperative, take it to the central place where they can get money for it and they can extract that. Well, that's your, really your downstream benefit of this, isn't it? So yes. that you can take what is quite a bulky product, reduce it to... to only the things that you actually need out of it. That's it. Please, just for our listeners' benefit, explain the difference between what makes you high and what makes you relaxed. Okay. Because apparently it's two different things. It's two vastly different things. Um, in the cannabis plant, you've got cannabinoids. Um, I can run off a whole list of cannabinoids, but your two predominant cannabinoids would be TAT, tetrahydrocannabinoid, and CBD, which is cannabinoidal. Um, it's a yin-yang sort of thing on the plant. THC will make you high. Um, on the medicinal side, THC is the one that will fight cancer and pain. Yes. We, we like to call THC the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, the CBD, cannabinoidal, um, is more like the nurse. She will come in and address the anxieties, your, your, um, your, your, your um, sleep aiding, and that sort of stuff. And predominantly is the anti-inflammatory based. So <clears throat> you're not going to take a, 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 a bit of CBD tonight and you'll if, uh, your inflammation will go. It's a uh, preventive measure instead of a cure. Yeah. Uh, and to be brutally honest, with you, the big pharmacy don't want people to be well. They want us to be sick. <laughs> um, so that's just my point of view. Um, sorry. So, you know, it's all about money. Unfortunately, the business was all about money. And uh, sick people make money. And hemp has been around for 
place to make ship sales on a hip. Yeah. Our cows used to eat hemp, so yeah. we used to consume it through, through the milk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, thank you for that explanation. Now, let's get on to the fun side. You guys, is it you guys or is it just no, Jakes? Okay, Jakes, you've developed the, the, the most interesting fruit lozenges. Okay, the packaging is amazing. It's you, you start with feel the taste, and the brand is Skywalker. That pretty much sums up what it does to you, doesn't it? And it's a fruit-flavored pastel. Should people be wary of this, or can you actually consume it? And before we answer that, you've had it on the market for a week, and apparently it's shooting the lights out. Yeah, it has got no side effects. It's one hundred percent safe, um, and it's not THC. It's CBD. Uh, so yeah. Um, what What led you to to do this? And we will take pictures of it, but uh, for our listeners who can't see the pictures. Yeah. It looks like a fruit lozenge, a wine drop, or whatever. What got you onto this? Well, um, at the end of the I was busy making juices, fruit juices, 100% fruit juices. And a friend of mine in Cape Town that comes to uh, East London to do some work asked me, uh, do they sell any fruit juices with CBD in, it in East London? And I said, no, I never heard about CBD. Yeah. And then I started talking to Gavin, find out what is CBD. And I did my own research on, on the internet and that, and uh, it, it, it triggered me because it's, it's a healthy thing to, to, yep. to, to eat. And where do you source your product and how do you purify it? So we get it from a, a company in Java. Yeah, you get it through me. Yeah. Um, and again, I won't, I can trace the product right down to the plant. It's all certified. Um, so he's doing it completely a thousand percent correct and the father, mm. the way I would like to do them ethically traceability everything and the machines that you use to to make this did you make your mill right by profession by trade did you make them the the molds in that or did you buy them no no I, I, I bought the molds and what did what would a little can like that which has probably got about what 25 yeah, 12. Yeah. Yes. What, would, what does a little can like that sell for? Is it now also or retail? No, retail. Retail, retail. retail, yeah. Okay, retail, I see the prices in the market is anything between 250 and 350 Okay. But then you have to look at the quality. I, I, I saw gummies that they go for 250 and it's terrible. I will never even try to, to eat it. Yeah. I think I've set the benchmark with this. Yeah. Uh, what, what sort of price would you, would, would you advise your retailers to sell for? I would say about family. And when do people have this? Presumably, you don't. You, you're not going to eat this throughout the day. You can. can no, you, you can't overdose on it. You can. So you just it just relaxes you. Yeah. What's next? You've got the guns and that. What's okay. going to be next? Or is that a trade secret? No, it's not a trade secret. Um, I'm, I'm busy working on a, a, a sour gum. Yeah. This one, but a sour one, and then a sweet and sour one. And uh, I'm also busy with uh, a juice that will have CBD in it and then cosmetics. Okay, and what about Ice Lollies? Because that was also your business for a short while. Yes, um, Ice Lollies is more bottom end. Yeah. This isn't the bottom end product. The ingredients is very expensive. 
So it's not like I wouldn't put that in high school. I would put that in a hundred percent juice in a in a glass bottle, you know, and target the top end with that. So big time beneficiation here. It's going to sell well. Apparently, you were saying that the demand is really quite excited. Um, what's next for from from your side, Gavin? To be pretty honest, I'd like to see the CBD extracted in Wonderland um, because the CBD we're buying at the moment has been imported from Canada. Um, <clears throat> the CBD isolate, um, yes, THC will be legal. Uh, it's a matter of it could be a year, it could be a month, it could be three years. Yeah. It's, that's the international trend. Um, so I, I foresee us getting CBD and eventually THC and the full spectrum of PECO uh, products extracted locally, ethically and traceable and and with traceability out of the Transcar or wherever. You've got a lot of friends that were farmers. You lived in the Transcar, you stayed in Port St. John's until you were eight years old. You've been speaking to the farmers up there. What's their reaction? They feel like they've been let out. They feel like they've been left out of the whole picture. Yeah. Um, they kind of have, because it's sort of gone straight corporate and yeah. straight sort of international. Um, so they're actually getting a little bit volatile, and not, not volatile, they're getting, they're getting quite upset. Are they excited about a product like this? Do they see it as a way out for them that is not just... If, if the future allows us to extract locally, instead of, instead of importing the CBD, we can extract the product locally, the price will come down dramatically, this price will come down of, of, of the medibles, and it's a win-win situation for everybody. We're keeping all the money in South Africa. Yeah. Up in of poor communities. Do you know much about the extraction process? Yeah, is no, it pretty it, much. Is it quite quite simple? It's simple. Mm. It's simple. It's very simple. So these poor guys in Wonderland are getting shown what to do. Yeah. They need to be just upskilled and educated. Well, good luck with the Jujubes or whatever we're going to call them. You'll enjoy them. Yeah. Once you have one, you want another one. And you cannot overdose them. Yeah. I'm going to pass on that, but thank you anyway. I just want to mention one thing. Yes, yeah, uh, sure. Gavin is doing the marketing for, for, for me. And uh, the one very good th- uh, thing about it is that people uh, don't, I mean, they don't just buy it. Gavin gives them all the info, information, they ask questions. It's not just, there's a thing. thing that, that's the price, go, go with it. He expanded in all of the, the benefits and everything. Jax, Gavin, thank you very much thank you. for talking to you. Dispatch Live. Pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thank you.